You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thank you for listening to our uh, show here this morning on a beautiful Monday here in Chicago on the 16th of May already. Uh, May is moving right along too quickly. Um, we have a, a couple interesting topics. Uh, there's a lot going on in uh, the country right now. Uh, even though we are not in Springfield and we're not dealing with the legislature per se, Boy, there's a lot of things going on. And uh, to help us talk about some of those things that are going to be going on, that have a legislative tangent, I suppose, but uh, boy, they have a cultural impact, certainly. Um, we have a couple topics here we're going to talk about this morning. Our first guest is uh, the director of the Illinois Rights Life. Uh, her name is Amy Gerke. She's going to be with on me on with me in a second here to talk about the Dobbs case, the decision, and really what the impact is for uh, the pro-life movement and how do we help change the culture uh, to reflect um, the values of, of promoting human life. And secondly, along those same lines, we're going to be talking with uh, Ian McIntosh. He is a new hire with a group called the Patients' Rights Action Fund. He's going to be reaching out to the disability community. Um, this is regarding the issue of physician-assisted suicide and what is uh, going on with there. So we'll talk a little bit about Ian, uh, what he's going to be doing for them. And finally, we're going to wrap up and talking to a woman named Veronica Bouchard. She's with a group from the Sophia Institute. And there's so much talk right now about racism in our culture and what our Catholic schools teach or don't teach. And Sophia Institute offers some uh, appropriate uh, methodologies to teach uh, anti-racism and thinking about uh, those issues. So they're going to talk, uh, unpack that here uh, probably about, what, 20 till the hour, I guess it is, or something like that. So without uh, further ado, let's do this. Let's bring in the director of the, uh, let's see, am I saying that right? The Illinois Right to Life. That sounds right. Illinois Right to Life. Amy Gerke uh, should be with us. And there she is, the magic of television or whatever this is. Amy, thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thanks so much for inviting me to be on. This is great. Uh, finally, after all these uh, attempts at trying this, we finally pulled this off. Um, Amy, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's see, there's this little matter pending before the Illinois State Supreme Court. Uh, I think it's called the Dobbs decision, and it's received a lot of attention rate lately. Um, and and I should add, like, a lot of this is also sort of speculation. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the the leak that came out of the United States Supreme Court, what it is and and what it pretends to do. What, what does the leak say in the draft document that uh, was it drafted by uh, Supreme Court Justice Alito, I believe? Yeah, yeah. It was written by uh, Samuel Alito, um, actually back in February. And um, I think 
everybody on both sides of this issue can agree on two things. First of all, that the leak was an absolute shock. Um, it's the first time something like this has really happened with the Supreme Court. Um, you know, anybody familiar with the court knows that um, as decisions are being deliberated, everything is kept to utmost secrecy. So the fact that there was a leak to a publication as prominent as Politico, a national political journal, was really shocking, but was what wasn't a surprise really to most people on both sides of the issue was what was contained in it. Um, following the the oral arguments in the Dobbs case back on January 1st, it was pretty much agreed by everyone that the court was at least going to uphold the Mississippi law, which would have prevented abortions after 15 weeks, which would be the first time that the court had allowed an abortion ban pre-viability before the baby could survive outside the womb. But um, we were pleasantly surprised, I guess you could say, to see that uh, Alito had completely overturned the Roe versus Wade decision that had been a sweeping federal mandate to outlaw abortion, of course, handed down back in 1973. So um, this was a draft decision from back in February, and obviously the decisions can change quite a bit between the drafts and when the actual decision is handed down. So, you know, right now we're cautiously optimistic. Um, the court is handing down decisions, oh gosh, in about an hour. Yeah. So, you know, literally any yeah. second um, we could we could hear what the actual ruling in this case is. We've seen, um, so it looks like if Roe's overturned, basically, uh, I, I it seems to me, and based on the polling that we've seen and the attitudes, that, that the public does not understand what Roe means. There's, there's this reflective rea reaction to Roe is like, well, if Roe's overturned, then abortions are illegal everywhere, which you know is not true. Right. Um, what's, what's most likely to happen, we think, if, if the draft document has any consistency to what's finally released, is that Roe will probably be overturned. Uh, I think it's safe to say, like you said, I, we're, I think we're cautiously optimistic about that. Um, and so what happens is the question of, of abortion policy, if you will, reverts to the states. And there's 50 <laughs> states that will probably treat it differently. Um, we're going to range from all sorts of, of options out there. And that's really created like this backlash, this this hair on fire sort of uh, we saw over the weekend. There are various protests. And I find it interesting that the, 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 pr the largest protests, as I understand it, are in areas where in all likelihood abortion's probably going to be legal as it is today. And those areas are San Francisco, I think, had a big rally. Uh, Chicago did, New York. Um, and I think there was one more that, I, that I'm missing, Washington, D.C. I, I, I mean, there's really no, there's probably little chance, unfortunately, that, that abortion restrictions would be enacted in those areas. I, yet I, I do think now, it, it, what I, my point is that coming back here home to Illinois, what does the Dobbs decision, if it overturns Roe, mean for us here in, in our state? Um, well, if Dobbs does indeed overturn Roe versus Wade, um, the morning after, the hour after, it'll be business as usual in the state of Illinois, if not more so. Um, the Guttmacher Institute, which used to be the research arm of Planned Parenthood, put out some data last fall that estimated if Roe versus Wade is overturned, Illinois will become home to the closest abortion clinic for as many as 10 million out-of-state reproductive-aged women. So we fully expect the um, out-of-state abortion rate, those women coming to Illinois for abortions, 
to skyrocket. Uh, it was about 29,000 in 2020. It had increased from 2019 to 2020 by 10%, but we expect that number to absolutely, like I said, skyrocket. Um, our current abortion rate is about 46, 47,000 abortions a year, and that could easily go up to 75,000, 100,000 or more. So this is something that the abortion industry in Illinois has been preparing for for years. They saw the handwriting on the wall, and because abortion is such a huge business. Um, they prepared by building huge abortion clinics on the borders with Wisconsin, Indiana, and Missouri. They've increased their capacity at their Chicago clinic right inside the loop, right in the center of the touristy area um, and walking distance of the train station. So they're fully prepared to welcome out-of-state women to our state for abortion, which is you know, absolutely tragic. And it's, um, you know, it's been really kind of, I guess the best word is disgusting the past two weeks. Um, Governor Pritzker has held not one, not two, but three press conferences with abortion advocates, both in the legislature and with Planned Parenthood, talking about how abortion is, um, you know, a sacred issue for the state of Illinois. And Illinois is a safe haven for the women of this country. Um, you know, obviously completely ignoring the fact that, you know, we're basically a death trap for preborn babies and their mothers, because we all know that abortion is horrible for women as well. So, yeah, you know, so uh, actually I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine's wife. I have, we have a couple who are close to uh, she was over yesterday and her husband is a, is a cop, is a police officer in Chicago. And he had to work one of those rallies. And he said it was some of the most lewd, <laughs> crude, vulgar signs and images and things they were saying. And he was he was telling me, he said, he, his wife was saying, it's like he couldn't believe how many kids were at these rallies. And it's just, he said it was really, you know, hard to watch that as a dad of, 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 of girls. He said it was really interesting seeing just how... This has touched such a nerve with that side that is, uh, I think we're going to have to deal with. So I think what you're saying, in essence, is that, yeah, okay, uh, abortion policy may not radically change in Illinois because we don't have many restrictions left anymore. And and they probably mm -hmm. could go a little further with some things, but they're kind of running out of things to do because we've lived through the repeal of parole notification laws. Uh, they now, uh, Illinois now publicly funds abortion. We, threw through, we saw through the RHA that the, it's basically legal at any stage of pregnancy. So, And there's other things they could do, yes. But there's not going to, in all likelihood, be many more res restrictions in Illinois. But yet there are policy implications for what's going to happen here because they are going to be actually – we're going to become a safe haven. So I guess my question to you is like, how does that work with the other states surrounding us? Is this now going from like a, a almost a state by state issue to a regional issue? And what sort of assistance or things could we be doing with our neighboring states that would maybe help the situation here? And look, uh, the fact of the matter is, no matter where you live, if you live in Illinois, Wisconsin, or Wyoming, I mean, we're all trying to protect innocent human life, no matter what your state residency right. is. So I, I think what we're what I'm trying to say is, is this becoming maybe a regional issue for us here in the Midwest? Yeah, absolutely. And one of our messages at Illinois Right to Life has been um, to our neighboring states, you know, it's fantastic that you've passed protective pro-life laws. I mean, we've a lot of people have heard that, you know, in Missouri, basically there are no abortions anymore because they've been so successful in passing pro-life laws. Um, Wisconsin, where I was for years and years and years, we, uh, you know, 
dropped the abortion rate in that state by over 70% and by passing protective pro-life laws. Same story in Indiana, same story in Kentucky, same story in Tennessee. But with Illinois sitting here welcoming women from these states with open arms, you know, we have seen at the uh, Fairview Heights Planned Parenthood Clinic, as well as the very inappropriately named Hope Clinic, two abortion clinics right on the border with Missouri in Metro East. Um, tons of their customers now are from out of state. Um, the sidewalk counselors we have down there said that as many as 50% of the cars in the parking lots are from Missouri, are from Arkansas, are from Texas, are from other states. So um, it is really incumbent upon the pro-life people of Illinois to really, really get to work. The state of Illinois has done a great job of getting people outside of abortion clinics, of um, opening pregnancy resource centers. But in order for things to change in Illinois, there has to be a cultural shift. People have to really understand what is going on in not only to protect the women of Illinois, but to protect the women and babies of the entire Midwest and beyond. Um, you talked a little bit before about, you know, Roe versus Wade and what people really think. And the other side loves to say over 70% of the population supports Roe versus Wade. But the reality is over 70% of the population has no idea what Roe versus Wade really did or really said. When you start talking to them about common sense measures like parental involvement laws, like our parental notification law that was just repealed last fall, making us the first state in the nation to repeal a parental involvement law. Um, when you talk to them about waiting periods and full informed consent, and um, when you let them know how dangerous abortion clinics are in the state of Illinois, that abortion clinics regulate themselves and are not subject to state health inspections, that coroners don't investigate women's deaths at abortion clinics. And again, that parents don't even have to be notified when their little girls are going to have an abortion. They're appalled and they think that our laws have gone too far. So um, the goal of Illinois Right to Life is to help women, to provide resources for them so they can choose life, but also to educate the people of our state, to educate the people of the surrounding states so they know how beholden Governor Pritzker and our legislature, many people in our legislature are to the abortion industry. It's a really good point because um, when we when we peel back a row and what the whole issue of abortion is, actually people's attitudes, even in a state like Illinois that is considered to be a purple blue state politically, they don't reflect our laws, uh, as you indicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, public opinion polling in Illinois still, even in this state, supports restrictions, and that's where the general public is, even in a state like Illinois. And so when we people see these things on TV, they have to take into consideration that is a fringe element that's out there. Of course, they're vocal and they're strong. And and unfortunately, in my opinion, they have the media with them, too. So that echoes that echo that that echo even louder and more profound. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is most people looking at this when they when they're asked these questions, they agree with us. <laughs> and it's really mm -hmm. frustrating that we can't seem to sort of make that change politically. And I know that's what you've been trying to do and we've been trying to do. But we. We have a lot of work to do. And so mm -hmm. I, I guess, you know, maybe looking at this as like the half glass full or there's what is it? You know, there's an opportunity here. Um, you know, all of these things that are going on with in Illinois right now, they're going to even go further. And, and I'm wondering, like, maybe if we can't wake up some employees who are going to be working in corporations and small businesses who are or maybe their corporations are going to be paying for abortions for people to come from other locations in, in throughout their their corporate uh, offices. 
you know, at some point in time, I think I'm hoping people wake up and say, you know what, this is going too far. Like, we got to stop this and we got to start rolling back this. I don't know what sort of, it takes some political courage to do that. And that's one of Mm -hmm. our shortcomings right now. We really, really haven't had that. But what's going on right now, people need to look at those TV sets. And when they see these, this sort of reaction to this is like, that's not where the general public is in Illinois, even in our state. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can wake some of these people up and, and, and sort of move that pendulum back to, back to the middle. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Um, Mm -hmm. And I see there's other kind of things out there like that, that maybe it's going to start affecting people personally. And maybe that's what it'll take for people to sort of wake up. I don't know. One would hope, one yeah. would definitely hope. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I really do believe that there is hope for Illinois. Um, you know, the the political reality that you know much better than I do is that we really only need a handful of new pro-life legislators to stop right. some of the craziness that's coming down the pike from the abortion industry. And this all comes, you know, like I said, Governor Pritzker and some of the, our legislators are totally beholden to the abortion industry, to personal pact, to Planned Parenthood, and they're you know, they care more about doing the will of the abortion industry than they do the will of their constituents. That's the bottom line. And people have to know, people have to have political courage and be willing to make a change. You know, it seems like they keep talking about this right. They're big on the rights language and that has a cachet in this culture. And I'm just wondering, like, but when people do understand, I think that you do understand that a pregnant woman is 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 carrying a, the life of another human being. So you're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what... What what rights does an unborn person have in that pregnant mom versus this this amorphous right that I have to terminate the life of the child? Is in your experience, is there any um, positive takes in terms of what the, the 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 messaging could be for the the life of argument? I mean, does that l- l- argument win the day in your opinion over the rights language? Um, I think that we've already seen a bit of of the humanity of the preborn child winning the argument. I mean, yep. the, the good news is that the abortion rate in America as a whole has declined a lot in the past years. Um, in 1990, when I started working in the pro-life movement full time, there were about 1.3 million abortions a year. Now there's, you know, over, just over 800,000. So that's great news. But I think what's really important is to understand that and to help women, you know, if women do understand, you know, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, women understand that abortion is not good for us. You know, from the first second, you know, you're pregnant, you have a connection with that baby, whether you realize it or not. And um, I, you know, there's data out there that shows over 60% of women who have abortions really don't want to have them. They feel coerced either directly or indirectly into having that abortion. So that's not choice. That's right. women being sold a lie that it's somehow good for them. So I think the message of the day is has to be positive, like you said, and has to be letting women know that there are life affirming options, that there are way, you know, that their dreams are not over just because they're pregnant. I mean, it is scary to to have a pregnancy you're not expecting, but it's not the end of a woman's world. It's, you know, in many ways, it's just the beginning. I've talked to so many women through the years who've chosen life for their babies who said, oh my goodness, you know, if I hadn't had this baby, this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't have happened. And just to let women know that, you know, there is another choice. There is another option. There are life-affirming options for both you and your baby. 
That's such a strong argument. Does anybody, a mom out there, look at their child or their grown adult now and say, oh, geez, I regret that Johnny or Sally's not here versus <laughs> the woman who had an abortion? How many times do you say, I regret what I did? And, yeah, and I've never met someone who chose life, who regretted it. Exactly. And, you know, that's one of the abortion, pro-abortion arguments is, oh, there are these women who hate their children. It, you know, no. I've been doing this for 35 years, you know, since I was in high school, and I have never, right. ever seen that. Yeah, it just says it all right there. Uh, Amy, thanks for taking some time this morning. We've got a lot, to, a lot more work to do. Um, tell us before you sign off, um, I, you know, if there's people out there listening to this and they want to get involved and they have a story, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And Because I do think we need, like you were saying, we need those champions. We need people, real people, women willing to mm-hmm. tell their stories because they're so powerful if they can mm-hmm. do that. How do people get in touch with Illinois Right to Life? Well, visit our website, which is IllinoisRightToLife.org, one word, or you can email us at info at IllinoisRightToLife.org. And I encourage everybody to sign up for our email list. We have a newsletter that goes out every week, and we have a three-point strategic plan to help win our state back for life and restore protections to babies. And we're going to need lots and lots of volunteers. So I encourage everybody to sign up and um, get involved because we really, really need you. Yeah, we do. Um, and and it's Illinois Right to Life is doing some fantastic work. Um, you have uh, some uh, some like uh, v- videos that are going out. I think you guys have done a really good job with that and the social media. Um, I, I, we got a minute or two. Talk a little bit about your social media presence because I know people are now into that and it looks like you guys are really doing a, a good job of getting uh, vignettes out there and telling stories and things like that. Just mention real briefly before we go, a little bit about the social media component, what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. I've got some great staff who are a lot younger than I am who understand yeah. all this stuff really yeah. well, but um, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook and our accounts are both Illinois right to life. Um, I am on Twitter and Illinois right to life is on Twitter. Um, if you're willing to go into that jungle, you can follow yeah. us there, but I really encourage everybody to follow us on social media as well. Illinois right to life. Just search for us on um, Instagram and on Facebook. And there we are. And it's coming up on our screen now. Amy, thank oh, you so much. Awesome. Yeah, I think we can uh, follow it. I think it's going to, uh, yeah, we can see it on the screen here, some of the uh, projects that you have going on. Um, or uh, it looks like there's a little bit of a golf thing here or something. No, something on Saturday, August 6th that I'm looking at. Yeah, so, that's yeah. our Project Love Breakfast. So for our program that helps women choose life for their babies. And they have a lot, Illinois Right to Life has a lot of different programs going on. Like I said, the social media component and the advocacy component that you have going on. So please uh, go to their website, donate, uh, get involved, volunteer, uh, and uh, tell your story because we do need more stories mm-hmm. out there for from women. Definitely. A positive story would be very helpful. Amy, thanks so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Um, and we will talk soon. Um, Sounds good. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. But this is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois. Thanks to Amy taking some time here to, uh, to join us. We'll be right back. We're going to talk with uh, a gentleman named Ian McIntosh. He is uh, a new staff member at Patients' Rights Action Fund. Uh, they're going to be talking a lot about uh, what we can do to address the uh, issue of physician-assisted suicide. This is Bob Gilligan. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 